The following is audio from Fellowship Community Church in Centennial, Colorado. If you would like more resources or want to support this ministry, please visit www.fcchurch.org. Good morning. It's really good to see you today. Especially good. Thank you. And I'm so thankful the children are with us as well. thought I'd take a moment this morning. Um, I don't know how many of you watch television preachers or read their books or whatever, but um, I find myself drawn to a couple brothers uh, in these days. I, I listen to Amir Scafati on Behold Israel because he gives us insight into what's happening in the war in Israel. He is an Israeli himself. He served in the military. I would recommend if you want some updated information, get to the Behold Israel kind of website. I also find myself drawn to Alistair Begg. I don't think it is his accent so much as the content of what he shares. And he's recently been in John 5, and I find myself weekly uh, keeping up as though I'm part of his church. That's kind of one of the weird things about these whole live stream kinds of things. And then um, the one I, I listen to most often on Sunday morning when I wake up is Dr. Jeremiah, David Jeremiah. And uh, he has just written a book on the rapture, and uh, so he's preaching through that. And as the ushers come forward, I thought I would read a portion of what he had to tell us, of what he was sharing this morning. And, and it's, it's from Romans 13. If you know Romans, you, Romans 13 talks about obeying the government and doing the things the government asks us to do, like pay taxes. And at the very end of the chapter, it says this, and do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber, <laughs> because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. And as he explains so well, the term salvation there is, is relating to the ultimate salvation when we have no presence of sin, all right? Now we are not in fear of the penalty of sin because Jesus died for us. We trusted in him. And when you do that, you're not afraid of the penalty. And you are living now in the possible sanctification by the work of the Holy Spirit that you don't have to succumb to the power of sin, right? You, you can gain victory, and that, that's, but ultimately, the presence of sin is going to be blown away in the new heaven and the new earth. So that's really what he's referring to. Our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. And I don't know when Jesus' rapture is going to come. I believe that's the next thing on, the, on, the, you know, on God's calendar. You may disagree. That's all right. But I believe that, and I believe living with the anticipation that it could be today helps me to live as this text tells me. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently. As in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Dear Father, thank you for the gifts we give today. We do this to support folks like the Petersons, who will be serving there in Chad and Maui. We pray, Father, for Scott, that you would bless him as he goes. 
We pray for Joed and his family as they move to Haiti. And Lord, as we designated money for him and, and continue to do so by just writing Haiti on a check or online, we thank you, Lord, that over $5,000 has been contributed that will go with Joed and his family as they make their way back to Haiti to serve there. Lord, I thank you for the fall festival coming up and all the energy that's put into this, not only financial, but all the people volunteering. And we do. We look forward to many people visiting us and hearing the gospel. We pray for this dear ventriloquist, that you would use him, that his words will communicate the gospel clearly and many will hear it, maybe for the first time and come to believe on the Lord Jesus. Thank you for those watching online today. I know there will be many more than normal. And thank you, Lord, for the children being with us in this service. Father, bless these moments we share together for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 As we're uh, in a fifth Sunday, and this is the third of four fifth Sundays that happen during the year. The last one will be the last day of December in this year. So in our fifth, four fifth Sundays, we invite the children in. So I'm going to do something a little different today. We're not going to preach from the pulpit. I'm going to take you to Sunday school. Are you ready? Now listen, if you would like to, I would encourage you as adults to come in a little bit and, and come on down front if you want, because this is not designed to be a lecture, all right? We are going to have interaction today, and we're going to begin with the children. I want the children to come up, all the children that are here. If you're in fifth grade or under, come on up and sit with me right here. I'm going to sit right here. Sit down next to me. Thank you. Thank you for being so kind. Yes, yes. Come on. There are others. Let's go. If you think you're a kid, you can join us too. Um, and we're going to Sunday school, all right? So what you're going to see today is a video that some of these children have seen and recently studied. And uh, it's going to be a great moment. Now, to introduce this today, I'm going to share with you guys something that my seven-year-old grandson taught me while I was on vacation. And he taught me this, this line. Is it up there yet? Wait a minute. Where was it? There it is. There it is. Don't yuck my yum. Does, does that make any sense to you? No. Don't yuck my yum? What in the world is he talking about, right? So what happened was, he took his lunch to school, and the other kids said, that is yucky. Why would you eat that? That is horrible. Why? And he goes, listen, don't yuck my yum. I like this. I like to eat this. Don't be yucking it up. Don't yuck my yum. Can you say that with me? Don't yuck my yum. That's the key lesson for today, all right? Because... Do you still believe God can do miracles? Yeah. yeah, I believe that. I really believe that. You know, there's a lot of people that don't. And, they, and, and they're trying to yuck my yum. Because as far as I'm concerned, one of the most yummy things about God is he can do what's impossible. Right? Yeah. He is a God who is almighty. And he can do what is impossible. What looks impossible, he can make it possible. So, don't yuck my yum. All right, so let's watch the video. This is about Peter's great escape out of prison. Yeah, you saw this just a couple weeks ago. You're expert. That's good. King Herod Agrippa 
was persecuting believers in the church. He killed James, one of Jesus' disciples. When the king saw how happy this made the Jews, he arrested Peter too. The king put Peter in prison and assigned groups of soldiers to keep guard. While Peter was in prison, other believers in the church prayed and asked God to help him. The king planned for Peter to be killed. The night before his execution, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. He was tied up with chains and other soldiers stood guard at the gate of the prison. All of a sudden, an angel of the Lord appeared and a bright light shone in Peter's prison cell. The angel struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, the angel said. The chains fell off of Peter's wrists. The angel told Peter to get dressed, so Peter put on his sandals and his cloak. Then he followed the angel. Peter wasn't sure what was happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. The angel led Peter out of the prison, past the guards, through the gate, and onto the streets. Then the angel left. When Peter looked around, he realized the Lord had rescued him from prison <laughs> and from certain death. Peter hurried to the house of Mary, the mother of John Mark. Believers had gathered there to pray. When Peter knocked at the door, a servant named Rhoda answered. She heard Peter's voice and she was so happy. She rushed back inside. Peter is here. He is at the door, she announced. But the others didn't believe her. You're crazy, they said. But Peter kept knocking and when they opened the door, they could hardly believe it. Peter motioned to them to be quiet and he told them how the Lord had rescued him from prison. Tell James and the other brothers about this, Peter said. Then he left. When the sun came up, the soldiers of the prison couldn't figure out what happened to Peter. And the king punished the soldiers because Peter had escaped. God answered the people's prayers for Peter. God had a plan for Peter and the church, and he rescued Peter from his enemies. Peter knew he would face death because he believed in Jesus, but he kept going so he could share the good news of the gospel. Mm. So I got a question for you guys. Who is the main character of the story? You think Peter? He's a pretty key, pat, pretty key character. Yeah? The angel? Okay. The angel's pretty important, right? Yeah? Yeah, the angel brought him to Mary's house. Yeah, it was John Mark's house, wasn't it, huh? Yeah. Who did you say? Jesus. You think Jesus is the main character? Yeah. Don't yuck my yum. I agree with you. <laughs> I think Jesus is the main character, the Lord, the God who created us and loves us. And he's the main character of every story that we read about in the Bible, right? And here he is. And so I want to ask the question, we're going to go around... And we're going to think about the characters. I'm going to ask you, what do you think James learned about God from this story? Do you remember? He was at the very beginning of the story, right? Yeah? So I think if he, uh, um, uh, I think whether he, he didn't care if he was killed or not. Yeah, he didn't care if he was killed or not. James is the first of the apostles who died as what we later called martyrs. The actual word for martyr means witness, okay? 
but it came in the first century to mean people who laid down their lives, who died and were executed because they believed on Jesus. And that's happening today. People are still learning. I think James learned to live for the Lord to the very end, right? And even though he was the first of the martyrs, all the other apostles died the same way. Isn't that something? They must have seen something, right? They must have seen the risen Christ because this wasn't some story they made up. They believed it and they laid down their lives for it. That's pretty amazing. I think that's probably a lot of what James learned and it's pretty interesting. Now, what did the guards learn about God? <laughs> what do you think? Okay, okay. What did the guards learn? What do you think, Phoebe? I think he, they learned that God can do anything. Yeah, I think they learned that God can do anything. I think they learned that God is bigger than the boogeyman. <laughs> right? Remember when we learned that in VBS? God is bigger than the boogeyman. Uh, because the guards <laughs> didn't even see this all happen. Right? Peter just, yeah, Peter, Peter just slipped by. His chains fell off, you know, and he, he was rescued. And the guards didn't even know it happened the until the morning. What's that? The guys should have wake up. They should have woken up. You're right. They, they had no business sleeping on the job, right? They were too tired. They were too tired. And you know what? They were punished for it. But they learned that God could do anything. Okay, so let's think about this. What did King Herod learn about God? Woo, what did he learn? God's amazing. God's amazing. God is nice. God is nice. Thank you. Yeah, he is. Yeah. That, um, he can't do anything against God. Yeah, that's really a good point. She said, you can't do anything against God. What did Herod try to do? Why did, he, why did he kill James? Why did he arrest Peter? What's he really trying to do? Trying to kill him. Yeah, and he's trying to stop the whole gospel movement. He's trying to stop what God was going to do. And you know what? No plans succeed against God's plan. And Herod learned that the hard way. By the end of the chapter, he died. Because people were crying out and calling him God... And he didn't stop them. And so for that reason. Okay, so Herod learned a lot in this chapter. Let's see. All right, now we got to Peter. What did Peter learn? Now Peter learned a lot, right? We, let's think about this. What did Peter learn? What do you think? Um, he, he learned about Jesus. He learned about Jesus, didn't he? Yeah. Okay, you're back. I'm glad to see you back. Thank you. That Jesus could rescue him. You know what really gets me about the story? He's asleep. Listen, I have to take relaxium to sleep. You know what I'm saying? But he, he's in prison. He might die the next day. And he's sitting there asleep. Which means he was at peace, right? He was trusting God. In fact, you know what's really funny? The angel struck him to wake him up, right? And I like the way they did it because it looked like he belted him pretty good. You know what? The same verbs used at the end of the chapter to describe when the angel struck Herod dead. I mean, he must have hit him pretty hard to get him awake. 
because he was so fast asleep. So he was learning how to trust God even in, in this very tough and horrible situation. He was in prison. What else did he think he learned? I got to ask somebody else. What do you think, Kimmy? Okay, so he learned that God can save people even when they're about to die. That's amazing, isn't it, huh? You know what? Peter thought he was dreaming. You know, yeah, he thinks he's sleepwalking. He thinks this is a dream. He walks out, he goes out, and he's out on the street, and, and, and he starts jumping because he finally realizes this really happened. It wasn't just a dream. God really rescued him miraculously. The guards didn't see him. The gates were opening and he's out on the street. So then he decides to go to this guy's house. Do you remember what his house, whose house it was? Mary's and John Mark. Okay. So Mark is the book we've all been studying as adults in our worship services. And this is the same John Mark who later became a missionary. We believe that the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper happened at his house. And then Pentecost, they were gathered in his house when they're praying. So it's natural that Peter would go to that house when he was looking for believers, right? So he goes to John Mark's house. What did Peter learn there? Uh-oh. What do you think? What did Peter learn at John Mark's house? Um, he, he learned about Jesus. He learned about Jesus. Yeah, that's right, he did. What do you think, Phoebe? Um, I think that he learned that sometimes people get too excited that he's alive. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That they forget that he's there and don't let him in. That's right. That, that's a pretty strange lesson, isn't it? They, they didn't know that he was alive, right? I have a friend, her name's Rhoda. So she always says, Acts chapter 12, she knows the verse. You know, Rhoda goes to the door, she's so excited, she comes back. And then the people, they don't believe it. But then he comes in and says, no, no, it's really real. So Peter had a lot to learn. But what's the last group I want to talk about? What did the people praying learn about God? Come on, somebody else, somebody down on here. What did the people who were praying, what did they learn about God? What do you think? He can work miracles even when they don't believe it, right? Oh, isn't that amazing? Like they're praying fervently. So the word says fervently. And have you ever seen a horse at a full gallop? How many of you ever seen a horse at a full gallop? So see, when a horse is at full gallop, every muscle is stretched and they're stretching for the gallop line. And that's the same word here. You know, they prayed hard. They prayed fervently. And don't yuck my yum. <laughs> Right? One little child, the youngest child that was up here in the first service said, what they learned is, you just got to ask God. Yeah, that was so precious. The Bible says we have not because we don't ask. Sometimes we just need to ask. And they were asking that Peter would be rescued, and he was, and they didn't even believe it when it happened. Boy, that sounds like us sometimes, huh? But it's good to pray. It's good to keep praying. And God had a plan for Peter, and God was going to work that plan. So don't yuck my yum, right? Don't yuck my yum. 
God's a God who does miracles. Let's look at this verse, the very last verse. All things are possible with God. Amen. Amen. And tonight we're going to gather for prayer, aren't we, Joseph? Yes, we are at 6.30. And even if there's snow and ice, we're going to be here. Because you know what we're going to do? We're going to pray for those children and families that are going to come this week. And they're going to hear the word of God. Yeah, they're going to get candy and they're going to have fun. But they're going to hear the word of God too. And that's really why we have a fall festival. So, don't yuck my yum, all right? Can you say that with me one more time? Don't yuck my yum. Dear Lord, thank you that you're a God who answers prayer. And even, Lord, when we don't believe you've answered, you answer. And many, many times you've done great miracles. And even James experienced the miracle of going to heaven. And so, Lord, we just ask you to guide and bless us as we pray this week. And always, in Jesus' name, amen. Don't yuck my yum. All right, let's go. We're going to sing now. Amen. You've been listening to audio from Fellowship Community Church in Centennial, Colorado. If you'd like more resources or want to support this ministry, please visit www.fcchurch.org.